Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Brr, it's getting chilly outside. Is your heater keeping you warm? Well, if not, Hanson Heating and Air can help you. Get a service call for only $25. Hanson Heating and Air will come to your home, diagnose the issues, and provide a no-obligation quote on repair cost for just $25. There's no sneaky charges or salespeople, just expert technicians providing residential and commercial service, plus easy financing. Schedule your service call for any day of the week. Visit HansonAir.com. Fast, friendly, and affordable. That's the Hanson Way. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us. No matter how big or small your business is. Earn back when you spend, get exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help level up your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards and Partnership Program today. 
Minimum purchase required. Earnings and paint rewards awarded as Lowe's e-gift cards. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. Filed through 12-31-22. See Lowe's.com slash L slash pro loyalty terms. Subject to change. U.S. only. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight we have a very special guest by the name of Eric Katz. He is the beat writer for the Wisconsin Badgers, and we are going to have him come on and break down all things Wisconsin football, and we are very excited to have him, and I think it's going to be another special episode, so, uh, man, we're going to bring him right in here. Eric, man, how are you doing today? Good. How about yourself, Blake? Man, I'm hanging in there, and uh, just like I told you a minute ago, man, we are getting ready for a big weekend down here. Uh, my fiance's mom is is having her fiftieth birthday, so we're getting ready to go go enjoy that, man. Congratulations! Hey, it's uh it's a big deal, man. So, um, Eric, man, I want to jump in here to this football side of things with with the Wisconsin Badgers, and and you know uh, last year with the with the year that you guys had and 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 Paul Chris and you know he's a he's a proven winner and and I want to know how does this Wisconsin fan base feel about Paul Chris and and you know we talked a little bit about the Auburn boosters in the pre-recording Do, does the Wisconsin people back Paul Chris depends on it's kind of a mixed bag it really depends on who you ask you have you have the irrational side, which obviously, you know, unfortunately, Nick Saban and Alabama have set the standard of what people want in college football. Mm-hmm. And But you have one side of the fan base that wants him gone, but then you got the other side of the fan base, um, you know, who, um, you know, who's obviously, you know, is very happy with Paul, with what Paul has done. Because my, my, because, you know, my thinking is, you know, you know, if you, if you get, if you let Paul go, who, who are you going to get? Mm-hmm. You got Jim Leonard, but you got mm-hmm. Jim Leonard, his defensive coordinator. But you know, you it really, you know, who if um, let's just say they they beat out Minnesota, mm-hmm. you wouldn't the Paul the fire Paul Chris Ragan wouldn't wouldn't be happening because it, it would probably go down as the best coaching job ever at Wisconsin if they were to beat Minnesota mm-hmm. and go to the Big Ten championship. Mm, man, Eric. So I was doing a little research um, and and looking up some things about Paul Chris, man. And, you know, since he's been at Wisconsin, like only five more teams in NCAA football have won more games than him. I, I did know that. That's why I like him so much because his teams are always consistent. Plus, yes. you know, Paul, unlike, you know, I was so happy when they got Paul Chris back because mm-hmm. he was, remember, he was a tight ends coach and offensive coordinator there under Brett Bielema mm-hmm. and also for a year under Barry Alvarez. Mm-hmm. You know, he. I was so happy when they got him back to replace the dumpster fire that was that was going to be Gary Anderson. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, they they had some good records there. Don't get me wrong; they yeah. went to the Big Ten championship, and then obviously they went to uh, they went to another January bowl game with Anderson. But Anderson tried to kind of abandon what makes Wisconsin successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he left pretty bizarrely. For Oregon, Oregon State of all places, I wouldn't yeah. call them necessarily a Pac-12 powerhouse. They're a good <laughs> team, but not—they're not the University of Oregon, that's for sure. No doubt, no doubt, Eric. Man, uh, but, oh, go ahead, go ahead, man. But he, you know, he got local recruiting back. He took Wisconsin back to the basics, back to local recruiting is what they thrive on because 
Wisconsin academic standards, mm-hmm. all right, it's unlike other schools, you can't be a guy who happens to throw a football and get a scholarship. It doesn't work like that in the Big mm. Ten. Mm. The, the standards are the standards, and Paul Chris has been able to get some fantastic athletes to come to Wisconsin, and he's got them back. I mean, he wants, I mean, has he won a Big Ten championship like Brett Bielema? No. Mm-hmm. But he, um, but he has, but he has got Wisconsin consistently winning every year. People forget though that Bielema had a losing record in bowl games, and Paul Chris has only mm. lost one bowl game, which he was a pass interference away from from winning. Mm. Man, uh, Brett Bielema, what a name, man! That uh, rings a bell down in here in uh, SEC country. <laughs> man, I, they are so glad to be away from that experiment. Uh, he was. Oh, he only peaked at eight and four. He thought he could run a pro style offense in the SEC while getting slammed around by Alabama in the SEC West. <laughs> man, uh, Eric, man, look. One thing I want to ask you is, is you know, last year I watched this Wisconsin team, and time after time, man, the Wisconsin defense made so many stands, and like in the Notre Dame game, the Penn State game, I just felt like this defense. They needed more. Uh, they deserved more from the offensive side of the football, man. And one guy that I, that I'm looking at is is your quarterback, Graham Mertz. Is he going to take this next step and and uh, get over the hump? Is he the guy for Wisconsin football? Well, I think we're right now in TBD right now because mm. you know some people are already saying he's not the guy. Oh, wow. obviously, because that's just how it goes. With, that's just how it goes with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It really, you know. Other people want. Other people want it to work. I want it to work because I think mm-hmm. he has the talent to do it. But we have a new offensive coordinator. You know, Paul Chris realized that. You know, he realized I'm doing too much mm-hmm. with being the quarterbacks coach, offensive offensive coordinator, and and play caller, which which um, our offensive line coach at the time, Joe Rudolph, who just departed for um, Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. he was only offensive coordinator in title only. Hmm. So literally, Paul Chris just you know gave him the title, mm-hmm. and that was that. He could help game plan or whatever because that's just generally what all offensive coaches do. Yeah. But Paul Chris was really running that off the whole offense, everything, and the offense kind of became very, very stale. Now mm-hmm. with now with um, Bobby Angram, which I'm sure you remember just growing up because he played in the NFL for mm-hmm. a little while. Hmm. You know, I really believe just having a fresh new voice with fresh ideas is going to make this go. Plus, it also helps that, you know, Wisconsin rediscovered their running game midseason. Yeah, the, the the running back, man. What, what is uh, what is his name? Braylon Allen. Yes. He, I mean, they, re- they went back to what they do best, which is running the football. Yes. Against Penn State, though, they, they outplayed Penn State. 100%. And they had several opportunities. They had a couple opportunities within the goal line, including at the mm-hmm. last second of the game, where mm-hmm. they could have won the ball game. Yep. And then the offense against Notre Dame, the defense kept them in it. They knocked Jack Cohn, who former Wisconsin quarterback, they yep. knocked him out of the game, and it was Notre Dame's backup in there. Problem is, Notre Dame, Wisconsin's offense single handedly lost them that game. One hundred percent. One hundred. Michigan, we were in it. We were in it. We were in it. I think we had the lead at half, and then toward. Toward the second half, I mean, after Mertz went down, it all fell apart. Man, man. I, I remember watching that Notre Dame game, Eric, and just sitting here thinking, like, man, if they had any any sort of offense, uh, 
this this the final score didn't really tell you what the game was like, man. Because I mean, for your defense to be that good, I mean, it was a national championship type of defense, man. It really was. It was, and, it was close to um, it was close to what Alabama had when they were holding people under two hundred yards, two hundred yards of offense. Yeah, I mean, and so like on the offensive side of the ball, man, like like who, like what what skill guys are like? I mean, who's going to step up over there? Well, I think I think number one, you got Braylon Allen coming back. Mm-hmm. That's huge. You know, the offensive line is finally in a good place. Early in the year, people forget though that that offensive line struggled and mm-hmm. uncharacteristically struggled. And because that's that's just not Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin all yeah. drives on offensive line play. No doubt. I think um, I think I think it was a blessing in disguise in the Las Vegas Bowl when most of Wisconsin's receivers got hurt. Oh wow! I think I think um, I think you know having a guy like Marcus Allen, who's severely mm-hmm. athletic, who you know Michigan and Kentucky were even trying to get him. Mm-hmm. I think having him come out was huge. They also have um, they also picked up a guy from UCLA, a young receiver named Keontes Lewis. You know, he's only appeared in the game, but hasn't mm-hmm. hasn't done anything. So he's kind of in the TBD. You also have Skylar Bell, who's very fast, who you know who who caught a pass in the Las Vegas Bowl, mm-hmm. but. I'm, I'm, and also Chimere DK, which we've already seen what he can do in the slot. Mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin has some good playmakers out there. I mean, tight end's going to be a bit of an adjustment now that Barry Alvarez, Barry Alvarez's grandson is no longer there, who was arguably, I put him up there in the top three of tight ends in Wisconsin football history. Mm, man. who who? What's a name at that tight end spot that, that could be number one on the depth chart? Right now, I think they're going with Jack, Esch- Jack Eschenbach. Okay. I he he saw action last year as a blocking tight end. I mean, yeah. the tight end room last year was banged up due to injuries. Mm-hmm. And also, Clay Cundiff is a guy who I think is going to see some time. I mean, he's coming off a torn ACL, which actually the injury looked a lot more nastier than what it really ended up being. Because mm. I was actually at that game against Iowa when they put the ambulance on the field. Oh man. Which the injury ended up just being a torn ACL. It ended up being worse than it really was. It ended up being not as bad as, as what it looked like. Yeah. But, but you know, he was he was uh, he was starting to hit his stride a little bit as a pass catcher. Until until he um until he until he ripped up his ACL. But you know he um he's he's in spring ball right now. He's ready he's ready to go. He's he's practicing. Okay. Well, Eric, man, um, that's that's. Really good stuff on the offensive side for Wisconsin, man. Uh, that was really a really good breakdown, man. And and like I was just talking about with that defense, man. National championship caliber defense, and I know you guys lost a lot. Um, but what is this defense going to look like in 2022? And and give me some names that that could uh, show out on Saturdays this coming fall. Well, I think linebacking wise, we're going to be faster. Mm. And mm. one thing we haven't had in a while is a good coverage linebacker. Mm-hmm. Chanel didn't do it as great as Chanel, Sanborn, and Burks were. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't cover. They weren't good. They weren't good cover linebackers. Mm-hmm. But we got a guy like Jordan Turner, who, despite injuries, the guy in only in only five games played, so twenty four, twenty five snaps. Mm. He he caught two interceptions. <laughs> wow. And that led all the linebackers, despite not playing most of the year. Oh my goodness! 
Yeah. Yeah, plus that quarterback is, I mean, Wisconsin went through a very similar transition, like in 2018, but uh-huh. the game's changed, the game's changed a lot since, because back then, they had this, we, you know, transferring was a lot more complicated than yep. what it is now. No doubt. Now you can just leave whenever you please. Back then, you had to get your coach's permission, and then mm-hmm. find yourself a school that wants you, and then you'd have to sit out a year, you'd have to mm-hmm. sit out a year. But now, obviously, with the portal, things have changed. And Wisconsin went very portal-heavy at cornerback. Although, I have been hearing rumors, though, despite the pro day that Fayon Hicks did, uh-huh. he might be coming back because he has the eligibility thanks to um, the COVID year. Oh, wow. Because he has that eligibility that he can use. Yeah. I mean, the options there, which it makes things a lot more confusing when you're writing a preview. <laughs> but he... he the opportunity, but the opportunity is there for him to use it because I don't. No, I'm not sure if he's hot because obviously coming in and coming out is a lot easier now than it's yeah. Been. Yeah. Because back in the day, you know, back in the day, once you declared, you were no longer eligible. Right. Right. So, Eric, I know you're 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 bringing up really good points about this uh, transfer portal and everything, man. I gotta ask you, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal, real quick? Just just hopping off the 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 Wisconsin uh, thing, real quick. Getting a little off topic, man. What are your thoughts on the transfer portal? Um, it's it's definitely changes the game for college football. Yeah, I think I think like you know I think it's um. I think, in a sense, it, it empowers student athletes to kind of make what the decisions that are best for them. Mm-hmm. I just wish it was more. It just could be more at the end of the year rather than rather than people leaving mid year. All right, so Eric, look, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a thing where one thing that I have a problem with, okay, is I'm not a fan of um, interconference transferring. I think that is uh, – I think it's garbage that a guy from Auburn can transfer to Ole Miss or a guy from Georgia um, can transfer to Alabama. Like, I'm just not a fan of it. Like, I think if you want to transfer, like, you should transfer if from the SEC to the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or, or from the Big Ten to the Big 12 or whatever, man. Like, I just – I'm not a huge fan of that – of the, the things that go on with that. And then also, I think that there needs, like you said, man, like the the leaving in the middle of the year is just whack to me. Like I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think that they need to have windows with the transfer portal. I think after you play your regular season and in between that bowl game, I think that you should be able to leave. There should be a window there. And then that window close. And then I think there should be a window right after spring practice. Um, and and I think for, you know, you do it for two weeks or whatever, and then that window closed. But I'm just not a fan of guys just, you know, in the middle of the summertime, oh, I just don't want to play here anymore, so I'm going to transfer. You know, I'm just – I think there's got to be some rules that go down there. I mean, how do you feel about that? I think – I think there should be windows. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, you know, interconference transferring, it's not really as common in the Big Ten as it would be in the SEC. Yeah. Because the SEC is like, you know, admittingly, it's it's the best of the best in college football. There's no way to, you know, don't care how you slice it. It's the best of the best. You're going up against guys who are more than likely going to be drafted in the early rounds of the NFL draft. Um, I think, 
I think that if you want to retain eligibility, you don't necessarily have to enter the portal right away. I think mm-hmm. you owe it to your teammates to be there for the duration of the year. You can literally tell you, ask the coach to not play you and take a red shirt if you have that option. Yes, yes. It, it's an option. Um, coaches will more than willing to do it. Will be more than willing to do it. They'll obviously, um, you know, they'll obviously just try to ask why and try and convince you to. Um, and try and convince you to, um, you know, not to. But, you know, again, mm-hmm. yeah, it's your choice. But if you take the red shirt, which I've seen it done before where players will take the red shirt to preserve their eligibility, yeah. sit on the bench or whatever, and then leave. A prime example of this would be with, with last year's starting safety, Colin Wilder. Mm-hmm. Colin Wilder were transferred in from the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And then he stayed with his team. And... He stayed with his team for the duration of the year before he left. Wow. Because he owed it to his team. He knew he was leaving, but at the very least, you you make a commitment and you see it through. Yeah, exactly. Which I think the portal, in a sense, gives you the opportunity not to see the commitment through, which mm-hmm. I'm okay with in between bowl, before a bowl game. I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm okay with, you know, I'm okay with people leaving during... during the, dur- I'm okay with people leaving after the season and during the spring and mm-hmm. maybe... And maybe a little bit into the, and maybe a little bit into the summer. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. What I'm not okay with is leaving mid season, like October. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're just dis- unless you're dismissed, then you have to go because Wisconsin had some problems with that last year. Man, see, I agree with that on so many levels. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you, Eric. Man, I I hate seeing it in the middle of the season. Poor pitiful me. I'm not getting to play, so I, I'm just gonna bounce out of here. Uh, I just. Like you said, it's a disservice to your teammates and and the the in my opinion the university that took a chance on you to to play uh, play athletics and 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 get a get a degree from their school. So I'm just. I mean, every situation is different. Sometimes the situation doesn't work out, mm-hmm. and you know there's no path forward because maybe you're being blocked by some guys who are significantly more talented than you are. I understand yeah. that. And you want to ultimately, you ultimately want to see the field. One hundred percent. But you know, at the same at the same time, though, you know, you can easily say if you're not, you can easily take that you red, you can easily use that red shirt, mm-hmm. and then after the season ends, just go. I mean, it's you know, after the season, do it during recruiting. One hundred percent, man. One like the recruiting, the recruiting period would be a good time to do it, just because they're already they're already going to be dipping into. Um, dip it into the portal like crazy to fill positions and also recruit and also give you a chance to compete for a job. I, I'm with you 100% there. I, I agree with everything you're saying, man. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Um, Eric, I want to get back to, to this Wisconsin football team, man. And looking at you guys, your, your schedule uh, coming up, the road slate for y'all. I know we talked a little bit about it in the pre-show uh Man, going to Ohio State, going to Michigan State, but hey, the schedule looks, man, it looks like, you know, there could be another stellar year for Wisconsin football, man. What are your thoughts on this upcoming schedule in the 2022 season? Well, it's I think this year, I think this year that because of um because of co- because of the COVID and stuff with having to reshuffle the schedules yeah. because of the lost games of that season, which that season to me was just weird. Was... Um, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's definitely a um, the schedule. The reshuffling of the schedule really did really did Wisconsin a favor because mm-hmm. originally we were supposed to open up against Illinois. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, which Illinois, we take, you know, Brett, 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 Brett Bielema's new gig. Yeah. Which, I, I, which to me, I, I still, even, even as, even as, even when he's out the door, I still, I'm, I still think he was a jerk. <laughs> Man, I've heard so many people, uh, Arkansas fans, that have said the same thing. He, he tried to be, um, he tried to be Barry, but he cannot, but he does not have the, he does not have the look or the intimidation factor that Barry brings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, after all, he is the, he is the godfather of college football. <laughs> Actually, they're naming. Actually, it's about to become Camp Randall Stadium at Barry Alvarez Field now. Really? Yeah, they're renaming it. They re- they named the turf after him. Wow! Wow! And he's still go and and he's still going strong. Man, I love it. I love it. I yeah. love it. And it's funny because at his retirement, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm still available to come to come coach bowl games if you need me." <laughs> Hey man, that is awesome! Hey, uh, uh, like him and Bob Stoops, man, just just jumping right back in there. I absolutely love that. Oh, I love I loved when Bob did that. Yes, yes. Love, love, love me some Bobby. Man, Eric, man, uh, look. But in going back to the schedule, yeah. Um, I think I think this year, you know, I think it was a. A blessing in disguise to open up against an FCS opponent just with yep. where we're at, because the linebackers are probably not going to be decided in week one. Mm-hmm. That gives us an opportunity to see what we have. Now Washington State might be a little challenge just because they're going to be a fun passing team because they're yep. going back to the air raid. Mm-hmm. New Mexico State, I mean, you know, they the only thing notable about them is Jerry Kill, who's been out of coaching for a while because remember he coached in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but. New Mexico State, a good year for a great year for them is seven and five. Yep. And Jerry Kill, um, he has never beaten Wisconsin ever. Not at, not at Northern Illinois. Not definitely not at Minnesota, and probably won't be at New Mexico State. <laughs> um, Ohio State. All right, we're going to the shoe. No one ever. Nobody wins at the shoe, mm-hmm. except for Oregon last year, mm-hmm. which I was so happy when that happened. <laughs> Um, nobody wins at the shoe, so you know we already know we're just gonna we'll we'll take our beating that weekend. Oh man! Illinois hasn't won it at Camp Randall in some time, and mm-hmm. having Brett Bielema come back with Paul Chris having an opportunity to pass him on the all times win record right in front of his face, love it. Oh man! Northwestern, that's a bit of a house of horror though, because for some reason Ryan Field, it's it's a Wisconsin Iowa thing. We never play well at at there ever. It's been a while since we won there, believe it or not. <laughs> so I'm a little worried there, just because we've seen to turn the ball over a gazillion times when we go there. Upset city. But Northwestern, though, on paper anyway, isn't as talented as those teams were. Mm-hmm. Where where they finished in the top fifteen before? Yeah. Which that's why they that's why out of three and nine year they won't fire Pat Fitzgerald. Because who else is going to do that job considering the academic standards? Yeah, they smoked us in a bowl game a couple of years back, man. <laughs> yeah, we we got, we got a couple. We got a couple on you. Wisconsin got a couple on you as well. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Including Barry Alvarez's final game as an interim. Man, we struggle with Wisconsin. Honestly, Auburn struggles with Big Ten opponents. Period, man. We got smoked by Minnesota. We got smoked by Northwestern. I, I just. 
Oh man, that was, that was a fun game though again for Northwestern though. Oh yeah, it was just they got the the ball just bounced their direction is all. That's a, that's a fact. Michigan State, I think we have a chance there, and here's why. Mm. It's number one. We uh, Michigan State was kind of overrated last year. Mm-hmm. That and the last time we played them, which marked Antonio's final year, we smoked we smoked them at. At their stadium, thirty-eight mm-hmm. to nothing. Wow! <laughs> In East Lansing, thirty-eight oh. to zero. <laughs> Man. And so, and also, um, we've um, we've had some pretty good. Um, we've had some. It's been a while. It's been a little while since we played them. Cause we play them like what every every three years or so. Mm-hmm. Every two three years, with the exception of when we when the Big Ten when we were in their part of the conference at that point mm-hmm. when they made the mistake of getting rid of Iowa for us. Mm. <laughs> Just because of the true rivalry, though, because yeah. Wisconsin and Iowa are a lot closer than people realize. But yeah, we've um, we for a while, for a little while though, East, East Lansing was a bit of a house of horrors. But we've uh, for um, Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. we've done um, we've, we've we did uh, we did well the last time the last time we were we were there which actually wasn't it wasn't in 2019 it was 2016 where we smoked them 30 to 6 yeah <laughs> man <laughs> Wisconsin putting putting the smack down and the losses though weren't nearly as bad as people think yeah they weren't like blowouts they were just they were just they were tight games but yeah I just think I just think and I'll, I just think it'll be um, I think I think we'll be fine if we go, if we go there once we go there, I think it'll be. It's, I think people tend to just overthink Michigan State a lot. Look, I, I think they just caught a vibe last year, Eric. They just got hot, and it was kind of like a little little fairy tale, uh, you know, little storybook thing where they just it was a Cinderella thing where they had the bad year, and then uh, Mel Tucker comes in, and you know they just they. I mean. Like you said, man, uh, Walker in the backfield. I mean, he was just a workhorse, and they just got hot, man. And um, like like you said, I don't really think that they were that great, but I mean, it was just kind of like a you know a little Cinderella story to me. Yeah, Kenneth Walker no doubt had a great year. Sixteen hundred yards is nothing to snuff over. Yeah, I mean he and, he was carrying them. Yep. And then next next we play Purdue at at our at Camp Rand. I mean, you know, we. I mean, homecoming is always a crazy time of year in Madison. Really? Yes, very crazy. We were. I was at the Iowa game at the Iowa upset last year where we stormed the field. So, Eric, let let me ask you something real quick. All right, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but let me ask you something real quick. That Camp Randall and that jump around. What is that like? Oh man, it. The stadium literally shakes. Oh, yeah. The, sta- the seats are vibrating, man. Okay, the seats are literally vibrating. I, I wouldn't shock me if it triggers the Richter scale. Man, I want to experience it so bad because it looks crazy on TV. I mean, you want you want to fly you want to fly in, Blake? Man, I would love to because look, I I love uh, the traditions and and man. I would absolutely love to to come see a Wisconsin football game, man. Uh, oh, Big Ten country is fun, and plus the plus our fan base our fan base is wild. 
<sighs> I'm telling you, like there was a story told by um, Kirk Herbstreit, who's who actually he's I used to not like him, but he's actually grown on me quite a bit. <laughs> but there's against Ohio State. This was mm-hmm. like early Barry Alvarez's tenure. Mm-hmm. Back then, they had like they put the student section was somewhere else. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where where the difference is now, but. At the time, Barry Alvarez put armed guards in riot gear on the field, Uh-oh. and they and they put the student section right next to a chain link fence, Uh-oh. so where the tunnel is. So literally, I think Robin Cooper was the head coach at Ohio State at the time. He tells his team, "Gentlemen, I suggest you put on your helmets." And you see all these crazy fans climbing the fence, hitting the fence like they're a bunch of crazed dogs. I love it. It's oh man, and also jump around. You have to experience it. Although I warn you, you, you really feel in the calves at the end of the game. <laughs> but the stadium literally shakes. The press box. I've seen videos of it. It shakes. The whole stadium's like this gigantic earthquake for a few minutes. Man, man, man. Look, and there's also another tradition we have too. What is that? We sing. We sing the song "Build Build Me Up Buttercup." The entire. St- the students, we, it's playing and playing, and the next thing you know, the stadium breaks out into a chorus and finishes the song. So when does that happen? That happens around the third quarter as well. Oh, wow. It's a, and last year was funny, because we were against Eastern Michigan, week two, <laughs> and we were, we couldn't finish, they didn't, we couldn't finish the song, because mm-hmm. Isaac Arendo broke off an 80-yard touchdown run. Oh, man. Bumping. And the. Oh yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun time. I mean, Kent Randall. I mean, our fans are crazy. Oh man, I want to experience it so bad, man. It just looks. You want to go? You want to go this season, Blake? Man, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. It looks crazy, and I'm all down. I'm I'm so down for visiting uh, Big Ten schools, and man, I want to go visit. I want to go to like Oregon and like Wisconsin, and Iowa looks. Crazy. I mean, oh, Kinnick. Oh yep, man. I, um, yep. And also, yep. I was. Um. Yep. I. I. Yep. In Iowa, I was fun too. They got. They have a nice fan base. Which actually, the rivalry against Wisconsin. It's not. It's not blood hatred. It's a fun mm-hmm. rivalry. But their fan. They got their fan base. I mean, they could. There's. They, they have a nice fan base. They're. Everybody kind of gets along with everybody there. I mean, you know, obviously game time is different, but you know, it's still. Um. It's still a fun rivalry with them. Well, Eric, man, let me get back to the schedule, and I know I, I cut you off, man, but um, you know, breaking it down and everything. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think this record's going to be like in two thousand and twenty-two? Ten and two at best. Okay. At worst, nine and nine and three. Okay. All right. Which I'd be which which I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Which obviously, um, I'd be okay with that. You know, it's still. Um, I think we have. I think Iowa, though. Iowa's got a lot of questions on offense. Where yeah. his, where his, where their offensive coordinator by nepticism, Brian Ferentz, you know, <laughs> his unit was awful last year. Yeah, and now he's taking over the quarterbacks. I'm like, the quarterbacks were already bad enough with Ken O'Keefe in his final season. <laughs> I'm like, with Brian Ferentz doing that and calling the plays, oh boy, you better <laughs> Iowa better pray they're catching the interceptions again at, at, a, at, at like. Uh, and a clip unattainable. Man, I had uh, I had a former player from Iowa on here um, about a month ago, month and a half ago, and uh, he was the former long snap uh, long snapper Tyler Kluver, 
and mm-hmm. he runs um, the Washed Up Walk Ons podcast for Iowa, and I mean, just really cool dude. And, and he was basically saying the same thing, man. He's like, you know, we have an elite defense year in year out. We have playmakers, but our quarterbacks are terrible, you know. And he's like, I'm not, I'm just I'm being real as a former player. We have to get better in that spot in order to. You know, they go to the Big Ten championship game, and, I mean, it wasn't competitive with Michigan, you know. I mean, and he's like, we're not going to be competitive. I was at, I was at, I was at that game. Oh, man. That, I, I turned it off. I'm not going to lie to you. I, was, I had won a trip. I won I won tickets to that game. <laughs> I, I won tickets to that game because it was, the, it was the weekend Army was in town. So me and a friend, we bought tickets at the 50-yard line. Wow. We were at home side of the field. And then there was this big old Big Ten tailgate thing on, which I which I was a fan of the show just because I enjoyed them going to Big Ten country, exploring the city and things like that. And they had us draw a sign, and I wanted to win. I wanted to win the contest, so I drew the sign and, and was really like really just creative with it. Mm-hmm. And then they gave me tickets to the big. And then next thing you know, I was the winner of the Big Ten championship, and I even body slammed Bucky Badger. Really? Yeah, I did. I jumped in his arms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I gave him a heads up in advance, saying, "Hey, you know, I you know I want to uh, you know I'm, I'm going I'm gonna I'm gonna jump if you don't want me to, just wave me off and I'll be okay." And of course, then he lines up, and I'm like, "Oh boy, how often do I get to do this?" <laughs> man, that's wild, Eric. Man, um, man, that's crazy. Uh, it's good stuff, man. I I want to ask yeah. you, Eric. Um, you know. Look, I'm a big Auburn fan, and like you were just talking about rivalries, man. Um, I mean, have you have you ever had any interest in 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 the Alabama Auburn the Iron Bowl? Um, I, lo- I watch I watch it I watch it every year. One my one of my big vivid memories of it was Kick Six. Oh man, uh, look, Chris Davis, Eric, I turned down tickets to that game, man. I I turned down tickets to the game. I had a buddy. He texted me. 2013, you know, we were on the little Cinderella run with Nick Marshall, and and I told my buddy, I said, man, I just have a bad feeling that we're going to get up there and Alabama is just going to blow us out. And he said, well, he said, I'll go. And I was in Birmingham, Alabama, Mm -hmm. and I remember when it happened. Um, I don't even remember seeing Chris Davis – step into the end zone because when he hit the 50 uh i was out the front door screaming in the front yard man and was your your fiance there uh uh, well i was actually married uh at the time um and um yeah so i'll be honest with you man got a divorce i was married to an alabama fan and and uh chalked it up and and just couldn't uh couldn't live with that one anymore she she was a she was a crazy Alabama fan. <laughs> so well, I I do enjoy other rivalries besides Big Ten. I really do. Like I yeah. think that was also the same year where the prayer at Jordan Air happened. Yes, it, it was the week before, um, and, and with Georgia, man. Well, you were a, you were about a Kevin. You, that Auburn was a Kelvin Benjamin touchdown away from winning that game. Oh man, um, so man, um, in that natty. 
man, what was his name? The receiver for uh, for Florida State, the receiver that caught the long. Um, he 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 caught the little. Uh, I think it was like a a little slant or something, and and Chris Davis missed the tackle. And he went yeah. down the sideline. And, I forget his name. He, yes. He caught, it, was a, it was a pretty long run, too, before they got it to was the like goal green, line. It was like green. eventually popped it in there. Yeah, it was like green or something like that. And I just, when I saw that, I was like, man, they're about to just lob one up to Kelvin Benjamin, and we're going to lose. And sure enough, man, it happened. And, I mean, because we were, we were drilling them. I mean, you, in the – You had them, you had them all – you – you should have never, in my opinion, you should have never lost that game. No, no. You uh, had control. You had control of it all game long. Florida, Florida State hadn't been in that position before. I felt like Auburn had, Auburn had been, Auburn had been playing the come from behind all season long. Yeah, and you know, Eric, like one thing about that game, man, is like a lot of Auburn fans were like, "Well, Trey Mason should have fell down at the one yard line," and I'm just like, "Man, I can't play that game." Like, I can't play that game because, I mean, who knows if you fumble the snap the next play or something. You know, I mean, th- there could be a goal line stand, you know. I, I mean, can't put that one on Trey. Yeah. I really can't. Yeah, I mean. Because your job is to get into the end zone. Facts. And, you know, this isn't like the NFL where these guys are, these guys are very rarely happens. Because anything can happen at that point going forward. But I can't put that one on Trey because Trey had every opportunity. You know, Trey's job was to get it in there. I mean, Auburn had a pretty good defense that year too. Yeah, I mean, man, it's it, they had a they had a lot. Of, they had a pretty good defense that year, so I really can't put that one on Trey. Yeah, it, it was it was heartbreaking, man. It was it was extremely heartbreaking. It, it to get there and 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 have that kind of season and and I'll be honest with you, man. Like we talked a little bit about Malzahn. I mean, the it felt like. I mean, everything was just clicking with Malzahn. First season, we play in the Natty, and then we we had high hopes in that 14 season, and then it's just kind of like after that, man, it just started going downhill. And I'll be honest with you, Eric, in 2017, that was his best team at Auburn with uh, Jarrett Stidham and uh, Kerryon Johnson, and that was his best team, most talented Auburn team, man, and somehow – we we beat we beat Georgia and Alabama. We get to the SEC title game, and then we just got absolutely smoked by Georgia. Well, and you, you blew you blew you didn't just beat Georgia. You blew out Georgia. Yeah, badly. B- blew them out. And, and and you know, Eric, like we get to the SEC championship game, and I mean, it was typical Gus Malzahn. I mean, it just looked like a clown show. And I mean, he ran our running back. He ran his shoulder smooth off his body, man. I mean, he's not even in the NFL anymore because, I mean, he just ran him into the ground. I mean, but that's for another day. But um, he he just he didn't show up in that game, and and then you know we didn't get in the college football playoffs. Have have never been in the college football playoffs. I think that was another reason why he's out the door. And having to sit there and watch your two biggest rivals play in the national championship game and it's happened twice since then now and mm-hmm. um it it is a a gut punch and i'll be honest with you eric living in this state man it is not a friendly rivalry and i know in the big 10 it's ohio state and michigan man like i get it my argument with that is is you don't even live in the same state and the iron bowl 
I tell people all the time, man, it's different. They Paul Feinbaum on the documentary, uh, the the little thirty for thirty they had on it. He will tell you exactly what it's like in this state, and it is. Um, it will make you lose your job, man. And I tell people about this, about Harson. He's 0-1 against Alabama, and he let him off the hook this past year. You lose. Yeah, 24-22. 20, yeah, hey, you lose. You go to Tuscaloosa, and you get blown out this coming up year with the team Alabama's about to have. Um, look, people are going to start to murmur, Eric. The, 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 they got they got they got a they got everybody coming back on that Alabama team just about. Yeah, and 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 then you got Jameer Gibbs and uh, coming in from Georgia Tech with in, in the backfield, and then you got Jermaine Burton coming in from Georgia, wide receiver. You know they they lose Jameson Williams and John Mechie, so they just you know they just they reload. Yeah, they reload. They replenish and you also their have roster. Will Anderson on the outside, who people yeah. forget had a game against Georgia. Yeah, I mean he's an absolute. Freak of nature. They got Dallas Turner. I mean, they man, they're so loaded. And I'm telling you, if you go into Tuscaloosa and you get blown out, or you even lose, man, the, the fan base, you start zero and two against Alabama, they're gonna start murmuring and saying, "Hey, look, uh, he's zero and two. If you go zero and three, you're gone. Like you are out. There, I don't care what. I don't care if you go nine and three, man. If you keep losing to Alabama, or vice versa, if, if you know the coach, the head coach at Alabama. Uh, after Saban leaves, if he comes in and starts losing to Auburn, he's gonna get canned. I mean, it's just that's just how intense it is down here, man. Oh, I I will put it up there as the the rivalry. It's the rivalry, premier rivalry in college football. I'll put it over any Big Ten, including Ohio State, Michigan. See, and Eric, man, like I want to go to, like I want to go to the game. And, like, experience it and just – because I've been to Iron Bowls and to me there's just no other atmosphere that can compare to the Iron Bowl, man, that rivalry. But I, I want to go to to the Michigan-Ohio State thing, man. I really do because, I mean, like this past year they played in the snow. That, you know, that's I mean, an intense rivalry. Th- they played in the snow this, both, this past year. Both, they did. They both, they're both, both those teams are trained to hate each other, and you see, you hear about them yelling in the hallway. There's a, mm-hmm. there was even there's another fight broke out on the field, obviously, mm-hmm. where Jim Harbaugh was going absolutely ballistic when it happened, and even even the year even a couple years prior when Ur, I think Urban Meyer's final season at Ohio State, mm-hmm. they um they they three Ohio State players got ejected in the first half. Oh, man. The first so, half. So, Eric, like... I mean, Wisconsin has... You know, Wisconsin, obviously... Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Nebraska, to an extent, is yeah. a rivalry, but that's just kind of just budding, just because I think that's more or less fan bases because we both just hate each other. Yeah. So, Eric, let Which, me let me ask you, man. So, like, who is Wisconsin's, like, biggest, like, hated rival? Like, like, I mean, like, like, just when it comes down to it, who do, who do you just not enjoy playing against? Oh boy, I'd probably say, I mean, 
I mean, Iowa is always a tough one just because we are so close geographically. Mm-hmm. But the team I don't enjoy playing every year, no matter how bad the team might, the team that like I think it's up there besides Ohio State's fans. I think that team, another team I cannot truly stand is um, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, they their their fan base is the most delusional fan base in the world. <laughs> they, want, they expect national championship, but their product on the field is not national championship quality. <laughs> It fell right. It fell right off as soon as Paul Pelini. As soon as they fired Paul Pelini. That's a fact. That is a and fact. Of course, we just. Of course, you know Nebraska fans. They're they're passionate, and you know they'll they'll show up pro- mm-hmm. pro- pro- probably because they have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. But but man, I just man, I just love crushing them year in and year out. <laughs> I mean, they played as close. They played as close this year. Because we got a long touchdown run. It was a close game this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nebraska was in every game they played last year. They were, man. I, I had Brian Christofferson on here from uh, the Nebraska side on 247, and, and he was talking a little bit about that and how they were in every game. But but go ahead, man. But, yeah. But, yeah. we we Brandon Allen gets a, just has a, his second bomb run of the game. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, over 220 yards. Which, you know, the, the stadium's in a frenzy, as it should be. <laughs> But please put the camera on Jim Leonard. <laughs> he looks up at the clock. He, he knows what everybody in the stadium knows, that there is time on that clock. And Adrian Martinez has been throwing it around all mm-hmm. game long, which we're just waiting for Adrian Martinez to make another mistake because he had a touchdown, and then he also had um, he also threw two interceptions, one of them being a pop-up to Colin Wilder. Oh, not, not surprising, but... But yeah, he knows what we knew, which was Adrian Martinez has been moving this ball, and there's still time on the clock. And then on fourth down, Fayon Hicks, you know, if you want to say pass interference, so be it. Fayon Hicks broke it up. I'll just say he broke mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. From the Wisconsin side. <laughs> while, Nebraska, while Nebraska fans complain and complain and complain. <laughs> Man, that's good which, stuff. Which Auburn kind of has a right to at this point. Man, we, uh, we got to figure some stuff out, man, and and I'm I'm excited about this year with Auburn. I really am. I, I think if we figure this quarterback thing out, with everything that we have returning on defense, Eric, I think I think oh, I'm not. They're not going to win the SEC, but I think they could get to to eight and four. I think eight and four would be a really good year for Auburn. Uh, in 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 the second season of the Harson tenure and all that, I I think. If you get to eight and four, he stays another year, and you know I, I think the boosters just kind of need to lay off the guy and uh, and let him work, man. Let him let's let's all get along and let him coach football. And and I mean you just if you follow recruiting, you know if you just just scan at Auburn, man, and the guys that they're bringing in, you know obviously they're not going to land all of them, but I mean they're they're getting names on campus, man, and. You know, people said that he couldn't recruit in the SEC and all that. So, I mean, I think I think it's, Auburn fans need to get excited. It's still it's too it's too early to say whether he can or he can't. Thank you. I mean, he just he literally just walked through the door. You literally man, you literally said you literally just walked through the door, and you're you're just trying to learn the system, learn the state, you know, figure everything out, and 
I mean, with all that they love, with Bo Nix, Bo Nix was not nearly, everybody was overhyping Bo Nix, just like they did with Graham Mertz and mm-hmm. also to an, and also Spencer Petras in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, Bo Nix is not, was not built for SEC football. Yeah, hey, I'll be honest with you, him going out to Oregon, Eric, um, I mean, I looked at the little spring depth chart, and he's number two on the depth chart out there right now behind Ty Thompson. But I think that that him going out there to Oregon, I think that could be more his style. And and the the, the style that he played, he, he, he kind of ran around like a Johnny Manziel back there. But, I mean, not – he didn't – I don't want to make that comparison. Um, <laughs> but, but that's kind of how he played, man. And you just – it don't really work out in the SEC playing like that. It's just, it's you're not going to win a lot. And then he was just, he was inaccurate. And you didn't know which Bo Nix you were going to get from week to week, honestly. I mean, you'd come out there against Arkansas, and he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And then you come back the next week, and it's just, it looks like a whole new Bo Nix out there. It looks like it's his, it's his first start in the SEC again. And so, I think um, I think that um, problem is though with with Johnny Football, there's only there's only one Johnny Football. Oh, no and doubt. The, the thing though is that these guys, these teams, they will figure it out. Mm-hmm. They will figure you out. No doubt. And they fi- they figured out Johnny Football a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys. I mean, no matter how hot they are, no matter hottest person on the team. These guys, these guys will. These guys, obviously, especially in the SEC, they will figure you out. That's a fact. It's it's why you can't. It's why you can't beat Nick Saban twice. That's a fact. That is that is a fact right there. Uh, that man, that Nick Saban. I'm I'm ready for him to get out of there, man. I am ready for him to hang it up and and call it a career, man. You and you and 130 other Division One FBS teams. <laughs> Man, or 120, or you and 128 FBS teams. Man, you don't have to live in the same state as these Alabama fans, though, Eric. They, oh man, it is. I've, I've had friends go to Alabama. Oh man, but it, you know, but they, um, but yeah, they, um, you know, I mean, there's no, he, he's doing the thing. But although what's impressed me about him is how he's been able to reinvent himself. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like a coach is rare. Coach, not a lot of coaches do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only coaches who I think who did a really good job of doing that are Coach K for Duke basketball mm-hmm. and and Nick Saban. Those are the only two guys who I really could see reinventing reinventing themselves the way mm-hmm. the way that they were able to and still have success because Nick Saban everywhere he's gone he's he runs the ball everywhere mm-hmm. he's gone. No doubt, he's he's been recruiting those big power power blocking offensive linemen since he began coaching. One hundred percent, man. Now he's got him. Then he realized. Then he, you know, when the, the when the offenses are start when the rules are starting to favor the passing game more. Mm-hmm. He um he realized he reluctantly. Well, I probably say reluctantly is a good word. <laughs> um, decided that you know I need a quarterback. I can't just run around with these option guys like Jalen Hurts. Yep. And and because the, the last one he had for a while was Greg McElroy. Yep. And then he realizes that, you know, that 
that he uh, had that he truly had to uh, that he had to. So he goes out and gets Tua, and Tua does very well. Mm-hmm. And then he goes ahead and has to get um. Then he goes ahead and gets Bryce Young, who I think is better than Tua. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man. And and hey, Mac Jones was in there and and waited yes, his turn, was. and and that Mac man, he I look. I'll be honest with you, I think Mac Jones is better than both of them. I I, I just I think Mac Jones up there in New England. With Belichick, and I think some special things are about to go down up there, man. I think, um, I think I, I knew it from the get go that Bill Belichick would try and go after him. I'm just like, yep. Bill, I mean, Bill, I'm just telling you, he was the perfect. He's like, he's just like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He is, um, he's the perfect Bill Belichick quarterback. That is a fact. That is 100%, man. But yeah, do you want me to get back to uh, breaking down Wisconsin's schedule? Yeah, hey. Hey man, uh, Eric, tell me, tell me. I, I know you said nine and three, but the last thing I want to ask you, Eric, the last thing I want to ask you, you know, you said ten and two, nine and three. When when does Paul Chris? When does he win this Big Ten championship? When do you do you see it coming up here in the near future? I do because. They recruited probably one of the best classes they've ever had this past year. Mm. And obviously Badger fans are getting are getting cagey about it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a matter of time before Ryan Day actually truly does go to the NFL. Yep. Which, he, which everybody said it would be this year, but I knew it wouldn't be because he just hired a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And be honest, you know, if, if, if they can get the quarterback play down, I mean, they they were in it with them in 2019 against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They were. They were in it. They were. And they led for the part, they led up they led up until after halftime. No doubt. Which I think it's coming though because he's had he's had a lot of success and I I I liked it when they hired him because I knew that um, he knew Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Our local recruiting was in shambles at that point. Mm-hmm. And. You know, keep in mind though, the last year of Brett Bielema really wasn't that good. That that's we went, that's true. We went eight and four that year. The only reason we get we went to we got to go to where we went to was because that was the year Ohio State and Penn State were having bowl bands. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have found ourselves probably playing in the Outback Bowl mm-hmm. or some or something else, which the Outback Bowl seems to be a common one we go to. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> But yeah, that's the only reason why we we went to the Rose Bowl that year was because Ohio State and Penn State were on bowl band that same season. It was a matter mm-hmm. of luck, and we, we we went eight and six that year. Man, which you, which when Barry Alvarez was interim that game, I saw an interview and so he's like, I should have gotten more involved in the offensive calls because that one really annoyed me. <laughs> that I'm Barry like, Alvarez, well, well spoken Barry, and annoyed a lot of people too. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Had, you should have handed it to John Clay when you had the chance. <laughs> That's good stuff, Eric. Man, I, man, I've really enjoyed it, Eric. Man, I, 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 I've had a blast. Um, this this hour long episode that we have just had, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. One thing I want to ask you, man, um, could you drop a Twitter handle? Tell a little bit of, about your content that you drop for my listeners. Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Team News. Mm-hmm. I write for Belly Up Sports, and I write. I cover the Wisconsin Badgers football team. Anything and everything. I go current. I also go back. I also go back to the past. Okay. Hey, um, 
Eric, man, I, I like I said, I really appreciate it, and man, I've had a blast, and and hopefully I can get you back on here, and and we can talk more uh, college football, Wisconsin football, Auburn, SEC, Big Ten, whatever, man. What I really would like to do is uh, during the season, if I could get you back on here for like uh, a Wisconsin bye week. And we could do like a little midterm grade, and how and you could tell me how you feel uh, Wisconsin seasons going, or or um, you know what do you think the the outcome of the season's gonna be? Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I would love to do it. You know, basically basically grade it out and see and see how it's going. Yeah, man, that's uh that's what I I would love to get you back on here for that for sure. And maybe and may and yeah, I would love to talk about you know where where thing where things sit. What I think of yeah. um, what I think of Bobby Ingram so far. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to. I think though, it you know, in terms of the way Wisconsin does things, it should be it should be another good year for the Badgers. And keep in mind though, people are freaking out about Nate, about the season this year, but 2018 was way worse. Mm-hmm. We went seven and five that year. And we were and we were on the cover of Sports Illustrated prior to the season starting. Oh man! But keep in mind, though, it was a different game, though, because the transfer portal started in October of that, of that year. Yeah. And we, you know, obviously, we were starting a lot of underclassmen. But in the end, though, a lot of those underclassmen, say like Caesar Williams, Payon Hicks, mm-hmm. Jack Jack Sanborn, all those guys, they ended up being long term starters. Yeah. And what and what obviously seeing what the defense is now. Mm, man, but we have um. But the good news on our end, though, is we have Isaiah Mullins and Keanu Benton coming back. Yeah. So our defensive line is probably going to play a big role in uh, moving forward. But linebacking wise, I think we'll, I think it'll be I think it'll be okay. I mean, it's going to take a while to figure out the rotation, which I think mm-hmm. will take probably through week one. Okay. But Jordan Turner showed some promise in the out in the um, Las Vegas Bowl, which I think it ended up being a blessing in disguise that. Some players, some players couldn't play due to injury because we got to look at young guys like Marcus Allen, who I think who I think can be the playmaker for this offense. Yeah, and same with Chim- and same with Chimere DK because in the Las Vegas Bowl, people forget though that that offense won them that game because mm. we bled nine minutes off the clock That's starting right. from our own goal line. That was against Arizona State, right? Yep, Herm, Herm, Herman Williams, yeah. Herman Edwards team, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that was against them, and we um we bled we bled we bled nine minutes off the clock to eventually come away with the win. Man, well, Eric, because when you start playing Wisconsin style, it's not going to work out. Hey, that's a fact, man. That is a fact. But um, Eric, man, hey, I I've really enjoyed it. Um, I got to uh, I got to bounce up out of here and 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 get to this uh, birthday dinner, man, and and I really appreciate you coming on. Um and and I can't wait to get you back on. What do you say? Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Man, Eric, like I said, once again, I appreciate you and and getting you on here and we'll get you back on, man. We'll talk soon, all right? Sounds good. All right, Eric. Man, everybody. That was Eric Katz from the Wisconsin Badgers football team, uh, the beat writer over there and and he dropped a Twitter handle for you and let you know where you could find him and just a really good guy hit me up belly up sports man we are with belly up sports now messaged him 
hit me right back, said, let's get after it, let's do it. Really enjoyed having him on and, and talking about the Big Ten, the SEC, Alabama, Auburn, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State. Uh, just really good content. And, guys, hey, this is another one. I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. I'm out. What forges commitment? In America's Navy, you'll think about quitting from the drills, the aches, the cold. But shipmates face every challenge as one, every push to the edge, every call to defend. Because out here, we're part of something bigger, a force that never quits. The sea forges commitment in every sailor. America's Navy, forged by the sea. Discover commitment at Navy.com. The world around us is smart. We think your education should be smart, too. With the FlexPath learning format from Capella University, you can set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move forward at your pace. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 